This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Bridget Scott, how are we doing this week? Anything going on? Any hockey news to talk about? Uh, just Stanley Cup final and Bruce Cassidy, two wins away from a, winning a Stanley Cup from doing what you know Bruins came up short of doing in 2019. And I feel like you know I feel like that's all the talk around here is Bruce Cassidy is going to beat the Bruins to a cup first. First year away, he's uh looks like he's gonna get it done. Um, you know, I I think we've learned you can't count out count out the Panthers. Came back from three one down against the Bruins, but man, Vegas has really just dominated that this series so far. And looks like Sergei Bobrovsky's magic has kind of worn off. And I don't know. I don't know if that Panthers team has it to come to come back against Vegas. Uh that's a that's a really tall hill to try to climb. Yeah, and I last episode we said, or was it last episode where we were giving our predictions, and um, Scott and I both said Vegas in seven. Brian, did you say in six? I mean, it looks like it could be even shorter at this point, but um, never count the Panthers out though. So that's that's one thing for sure. But it does seem like they're outmatched, and their depth has been exposed by uh, Vegas's depth for sure. And Hill's been playing really well in net for them. So. Uh, the the storyline that we have been following from both sides has been the you know the kachucks of the world like like we talked about last week um would the bruins have would it have been a good Bru- move for the bruins to try to get kachuk even if it meant trading Pasternak because of all the things kachuk has brought to the panthers in the playoffs it, and this round it hasn't made a difference for the panthers yet um he has um you know found himself a subject of conversation again with the hit on Eichel, um, his physicality, he continues to bring it. But then when you look at the rest of the Panthers team, their, their depth just isn't there, especially offensively. And then Gudis took that big hit or, I mean, technically it's kind of him trying to hit uh, Barbashev, but he ends up getting hurt. That's a, a key injury. If, you know, if he's not able to play or if he's not a hundred percent. So, that's what you're dealing with with Florida. And then in Boston, the storyline is the Bruce Cassidy thing for sure, because um, we can play hypothetical. And we did a few times when the season ended before we knew that Cassidy's team was about to make the finals. So now that they're there and only two wins away from winning a Stanley Cup, potentially, uh, it definitely just adds more fuel to the narrative that, you know, did the Bruins make a mistake moving on for him and what would their season have looked like? How far would they have gotten if they'd kept him? And that's something that we want to start out the podcast with. So Brian, this is something that I know you want to vent about a little bit. So we'll go to you. 
Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot to pick at here, a lot on this bone to pick at. It's not so much a venting session. Like, I texted you guys before the podcast recording, and I totally admit that Bruce Cassidy's message was stale in Boston and that the players weren't responding to him and that a change, rightfully or wrongfully so, needed to take place. Fine. What... What annoys me and the question that I still have is why was his message growing stale? Like all like Bruce Cassidy, I can't, I understand he might be a little bit in your face, but one thing he doesn't lack is transparency. So from, from, from my perspective, because players just didn't like hearing from him, what they were doing wrong so often, what they needed to do better, I guess, simply put, it just, it, 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 it makes me feel like like a lot like a lot of players in that room were just a little bit mentally soft and 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 it was kind of a mutiny and and you know to hear to know the story about Jake DeBrusque and Cassidy and how they didn't get along that's one thing right you could see that on TV watching the games like they just didn't really get along too well but when you have leaders like Bergeron and Marchand and 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 guys that have been around the block playing playing on that in that Felino like I just I just don't understand why the why the veterans instead of being taking the coach's side and being like, guys, if you want to succeed in this league, you have to be able to handle tough love instead of going, going with that approach and knowing that Bruce Cassidy is doing it out of, because he cares and he wants the best out of them. It just seems like everybody just took the side, like the player sides and include like, like just felt bad for themselves. And so I, I'm not debating that the message didn't grow stale and that a change wasn't needed. I'm just asking why, because clearly this Bruins team didn't excel with a new coach in the playoffs this year. So I just – you and, like, you watch Bruce Cassidy, and not only is he going to potentially win the Stanley Cup, but he's going to do so by eliminating the team potentially in four games that beat Boston this year in the first round. So I just think that it's fair to question if the players just lacked a little bit of mental fortitude under, under a hard-nosed coach. That's all I'm saying. And if that's the case, that just pisses me off because you have to be able to – take that if you want to win and you, you can't just have your ass wiped because you're a professional athlete like you have to you have to be able to grin and bear some some tough love and I just feel like maybe maybe they got to enjoy going to work better every day without Bruce Cassidy big bad Bruce Cassidy around but you know what maybe if they stuck with him a little bit longer and, and maybe just or just bought into him a little bit more and didn't allow his message to grow so stale because maybe they'd be hoisting a Stanley cup or I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's tough to go back in time and stuff in the revisionist history. I just don't like it because the, the 2011 Bruins team we watched win the Stanley cup would have never, they would have never been like pouty and oh, we need a coaching change. And it just speaks to a lack of maybe just, I don't know, maturity maybe, but it, it, that surprises me because there's a lot of mature guys that have been around. So I'm just confused by the whole situation. And, to see it playing out the way that it is for Bruce Cassidy, it just makes you wonder. And I think it's fair based on how Boston played this spring. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. But I also think like there was a long time when the players did buy in and did listen and the leaders did work with Cassidy to try to get through to younger guys. And my feeling on this has always kind of been like, I just think, especially in hockey, like almost any coach's message eventually gets stale. Like if you look at, I looked this up yesterday. Do you know how many coaches in the NHL right now have been in their current jobs for longer than five years? Mm, Mike Sullivan. 
three. Three. Three out of 32 coaches have been in their current job for longer than five years. Mike Sullivan won, John Cooper, and Jared Bednar out in Colorado. So there's a lot of turnover. And, like, obviously a lot of those teams, you know, aren't successful, aren't making the playoffs every year. But even ones who are pretty frequently in the playoffs tend just tend to make changes. Um, you know, I think Cassidy does have a style that can, over time, grade on players. And, yeah, it's absolutely fair to look at the players and say, well, be tougher, you know, so what? Tough shit. Um, but, you know, it's not It's not like it was just that he was critical of them. We also heard things about the ways that he was sometimes critical, where it would be, you know, like almost like comments under his breath on the bench that players would hear or, you know, they'd make a mistake and he'd like immediately just bench them, say like, you're not taking next shift or something like that. And, and it led to feelings of, you know, I can't screw up because I'm not going to play the rest of the game or the rest of the period if I do. And again, if you want to take the stance that, Hey, tough shit, that's the NHL, get over it. Like, I, I think that's fair. I also just think that the days of, of players having to put up with tough love are vanishing across all sports. Like I think more and more we're seeing that players, coaches by and large tend to have more success and tend to do better with today's players. Um, So, you know, like I, I do understand why some Bruins players felt like, you know, like they're kind of getting sick of hearing from Cassie and kind of getting sick of some of the ways that, you know, he would react on the bench when there was a mistake. Um, you know, I don't think it was like a mass, like this long line of players, like outside Don Sweeney's office demanding for him to be fired. But I think there was the openness of them telling Sweeney, you know, look, he's not, he's not really getting through to some guys anymore. And, his message is wearing on some guys. And I think Don Sweeney heard that and, and felt like if, you know, if we're making one or two more runs at this, it might be time for a different voice. And it's the same decision they made before when they fired Claude Julian, you know, another really good coach um, whose style and message had just kind of gotten stale. Like players felt like they were being restricted under Claude Julian and, you know, couldn't, couldn't play like the way that they wanted to. Um, and so that became time for a change there. It's, you know, Bruce Cassidy replaced a really good coach here. He replaced a really good coach in Vegas and Pete DeBoer. Um, so I think, you know, criticism of Bruins players, totally fair, but I also like still can't sit here and be like, oh, they made a mistake letting him go because I kind of just think, you know, when you get to five, six years with one coach, like more often than not, it, it does get stale and, and it kind of becomes time for a change. Yeah. But like, I, I understand that. And, and people will say, you know, would all the players have come back if, if Cassidy was the coach, what, you know, what would the dynamic have been like with that? But just remember the last, when they were in the playoffs, the last series against Carolina, with Cassidy as the coach, he was pushing the right buttons, and it was the guys on the team that just were not playing to the are we, standard are we that sure? they needed to. We, you, I mean, you I remember, I, I remember second guessing Cassidy. Like I, I, I thought he waited, I thought he waited too long in that series to 
put Pasternak on the top line. Like I thought he had him buried with with Eric Halla on that second line where they were just getting demolished in their own zone and not even getting offensive chances. Like I thought he stuck with that too long in that series. We were all saying that it would be a scapegoat move. At the time, we were all saying that it would be a scapegoat move to blame Cassidy for the exit in that round and to be the guy that takes the blame for some of the other um, issues, which, you know, we were blaming on Don Sweeney, the, adding the wrong pieces, like adding Eric Halla. Um, you know, not necessarily that was a year that Felino didn't play great. Um, you know, there were there were some moves made in the offseason that we were blaming Sweeney for and saying that you kind of gave Cassidy not a lot to work with, but he did what he could with what he had. And, you know, he would have had even more to work with this season. Um, he would have had Lindholm for a full season. Uh, you know, you, you look at, at the way that he maybe would have handled the goalie situation differently, which obviously we can criticize the goalies from last playoffs, but he was willing to make the switch. Um, I don't know. It's all revisionist, of course. But I think, Brian, what you were talking about with, um, you know, why did the players let it get stale? That's that that's the big question. Like, were they were they giving up on him for just personality reasons? Did did was the message not really working? It it clearly is working in Vegas. So uh, it's it's hard to say, but I don't know. I never was really. I didn't really think Cassidy needed to go yet. I, Cassidy himself said he was pretty shocked when he had that meeting with Sweeney and Sweeney let him go. And he wasn't, it wasn't like he was on his way out. Like it wasn't an obvious thing that, oh yeah, you know, cut ties with the coach. It seemed like that was, you know, it wasn't even a hundred. I'm not even sure Don Sweeney was a hundred percent sure that he wanted to do it. So um, it's definitely worth talking about. And, and, Sweeney did lead the team to a final in 2019. Um, obviously, we know what happened with that, but um, he ha- and we talked about this when you have a group that the Bruins had that you know it's their last window and they had one of the best teams that we've ever seen. Uh, you want a guy more than more than likely you want a guy a coach that has playoff experience, more playoff experience. Cassidy has more playoff experience than. Montgomery does and it, it's uh it's hard to say you know the Bruins would have made it farther or not but it's it is easy to see that Cassidy was still a great coach and, and still does a good job in the playoffs even though he's doing it with Vegas and it just adds a little bit of salt in the wound yeah I mean it's there, there's just at the end of the day I just felt that None of us were sitting here this time last year saying that the reason the Bruins lost to the Hurricanes was because of coaching. Uh, the reason the Bruins lost last year is because personnel-wise, they they lost their number two center in the summertime and just didn't adequately replace that that play. I mean, like Eric Hollow was fine, but the the Bruins the Bruins were they were they were a top two center short last year, and that just kind of trickled throughout the the rest of the lineup and. And it affected where you put Pasternak, right, Scott? I mean, that was a balancing act. That's what that was. So, I mean, we weren't really – I don't really recall us too too often last year saying 
put Pashnak with Bergeron and Marchand because if you remember, Paul, Paula, and Pashnak were pretty good the second half of the year, and it did help balance out the lines. And Jake DeBrusque did have a better bounce back second half of the season. So, yeah, there were times in the Hurricanes series where maybe it was appropriate, and, and, and I do remember them doing that. But I just the, – the biggest thing for me is he wasn't the reason that they lost last year. And, and the only time I can I consider, like – if you think about Bruce Cassidy's tenure in Boston – the his first season he took over halfway through they lost to the senators in round one they were a goal away from the comp from the Stanley Cup finals the senators team um the following year you beat toronto you lost to a juggernaut in tampa the following year you go to the cup finals you lose in game seven that one all we all believe that bruins left one up there and then in the following year is the bubble like you can chalk that up to that i do think that bruce cassidy was potentially out coached in the islanders series i didn't see a reason the bruins should have lost that series but then the hurricane series it just the person that wasn't there. So for me, I just, and like I said, I know that once, once the players feel that the, the, the message is stale and a change needs to happen, I understand it's happening. And to your point, Scott shelf life, I get it. What annoys me is just, I, I just, it's fair to question now. Why, why was the message stale? Is it because he really was that bad of a guy or is it because the players just like, they just, they just, I don't know. Like, but whatever the reason, I just feel like, Bruce Cassidy, if he had this Bruins roster, and that's a big if because you guys will say, and not not you two in particular, but people will say, like Bridget mentioned, certain guys may not have come back had Cassidy been here. And to that, I say that's bullshit because it's like, yeah. well, do you like that's that's that, that's insane. Like the the guy like a six sixty seven winning percentage as a coach, he wasn't he wasn't the devil. Um, but if he had this roster, like you're not losing to Florida, and 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 I just feel like if the Bruins, the the only way that this could have been, and I. And believe me, like losing in the first round is torture for this Bruins franchise. But as it turns out, if the Bruins did go to the cup finals and you never know about the butterfly effect, but I don't think there's an interconference butterfly effect happening here. I think if the Bruins went to the finals, Vegas still would have done their thing and got to the finals. So if Bruce Cassidy beat the Bruins in the cup finals this year, that would be just a movie script ending for him. And, and that would be a really tough pill for the Bruins to swallow. And I got to be honest, last year, when he went to Vegas in the offseason, I kind of thought that I was like, what if, what if the Bruins, like, of course the Bruins will probably play Vegas if they go to the finals this year. And that, that is how it would have played out. And if it did play out that way, I think Cassidy probably would have beaten the Bruins just because he knows so much about them. And, and I don't know. So anyway, it's just, it's a fun conversation. It's um, I'm really happy for Cassidy. Like I, I clearly want him to win. I have like, like he deserves, he deserves it so much. Like he was a great coach here. I, very happy for him. So hopefully he can finish the job. It's just definitely, it's of course, this is, this is how, it, this is how it goes for the Bruins. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd also like to see him win. Like famously, he was always very good with us in the media. Um, you know, if you listen to some of the whispers, maybe sometimes too good and too honest with us. And that's another thing that, you know, I think players didn't like sometimes is, you know, because he always he would always say, well, I don't tell you guys anything I haven't told them. And I think that was accurate. However, I think there's also things that players probably wanted to keep behind closed doors that he was willing to tell the media. Um, but Scott, do you ever recall being in a media session and thinking he like crossed the line with any of that stuff, though? Like, was no. there anything that stuck out to you where you're like, oh, he shouldn't have said that about DeBrasse? See, or, like, not to me, because like I'm in the media, so I... I want to hear that stuff and like no but you know, like I you want still have a gauge of what might negatively affect the locker room if you yeah. say it i mean that there were 
there were times though where like I would think where he would say something critical about a player and it would like at least cross my mind that like uh like he's probably not gonna be thrilled that that he said that type thing um never did I think it was like oh my god like he's just like attacking this guy and tearing mm-hmm. him down like I never thought that but there were definitely times where I thought like player's probably not gonna be too thrilled that he's telling us that um and- by but, the way, like his his issues with Jake DeBrusque are the ones that are like most prominent. But if you recall, when DeBrusque started playing better, he started rewarding DeBrusque with better yeah. shifts on better lines. It wasn't and unfair. spoke very positively about yeah. him, like towards the end of last year. Yeah, yeah. It was... just, so just to like address one other thing though. So on last year's loss, I wasn't trying to make it sound like they lost because of Cassie or anything. Like we, you're right. Like we cover that obviously he wasn't the reason they lost i'm just saying like i think there's been a little bit of revisionist history trying to make it sound like cassidy didn't make mistakes or like wouldn't have made mistakes that montgomery made this year and i i just think he did i think every coach does and so like that's why i was highlighting that of like i think there was last year in that series like Cassidy at times was too slow to make adjustments. Just like, you know, I think this this time you can rip Montgomery for being too adjustment happy and throwing his lines in a blender. You know, you, you mentioned like Cassidy was quicker to make a goalie change last year. Fair. The year before, he was too slow. He stuck with Tukarask too long while he was dealing with a torn hip labrum. So, you know, yes, Bruce Cassidy was and is a great coach. I'm certainly not arguing against that. I just want to highlight like, He's also not perfect. Like he didn't make mistakes. And yeah. yeah, my, my last point about him and just to make the comparison with Montgomery, um, which is why that this story gets a little bit more fuel is because one of the criticisms about Montgomery after this playoffs was that he maybe let the players make too many of the decisions on their own. And Cassidy would not have done that. Cassidy was mm. more in control. I feel of the situation. I, his teams. I mean, you I remember lots of times where let- Cassidy, I remember lots of times where Cassie said he deferred to Bergeron too. So I'm talking about I'm more more so talking about Ber- um Olmark. Well, I, well, I I just said it to, to 2021 against the Islanders when they stuck with Tugarask. Cassie's explanation was I talked to him and he said he's he's good to go. Yeah, but so, I, I also mean, feel like it's his literally the same exact mistake. His relationship was to with Tuka was different though because Tuka had been with the program for a long time and. Like Allmark is kind of a newer person that came in while Cassidy was there. And I, I just think that the dynamic would be different, especially after, you know, learning his lesson with Tuca, especially. I'm not sure if he would have messed around with the injuries um, and kind of let the players say whether or not they were ready as much as Montgomery did. Um, there's just very different coaches, very different styles of coaching. I wonder how he would have handled the defensive rotation with Grizzlick, with Clifton. Um, I wonder how he would have handled that differently. I highly doubt he would have thrown everything in the blender, like you mentioned, because chemistry, um, you know, not wanting to mess with the chemistry of some of those lines. Uh, it's it's hard to say, you know, do they have as great a season? Probably not. Like the record probably doesn't get broken. But then if, if we're talking about a team that makes the playoffs still, like, I kind of would have rather had Cassidy pushing the buttons back there. Maybe that's just because we saw how 
disastrous some of the decisions were by Montgomery. Was it game five? That was the time they started with the crazy lines and switched back to it. I uh, switched back to some of their normal stuff pretty quickly, but like, I don't, I don't think Cassidy is, he's got too much experience to just try something crazy and new that they don't know if it works in the playoffs like that. So I, I know this conversation started with Bruce Cassidy and just because of the, the relevancy of him being in the finals and the Bruins getting rid of him. But I think for me, and if I'm really, if, if this was like a, like a psych psychiatry lesson and I was talking to a therapist or something like that, <laughs> I think for me, it's really difficult for me to admit because I love these players. I think deep down, like I'm actually just like pretty annoyed at like Bergeron and Marsh. And I think because they're, they're hall of fame players, certainly for the Bruins and, and Bergeron NHL hall of famer, Brad Marshan. I mean, you make an argument already. I think he'll be in. Mm-hmm, me too. Like they're, they're truly two of my, like the, my favorite players I've, I've ever watched. And so for me, it's like certain things pop into my brain because the coach, because to your, your point, Scott, coaches change, rosters change, but there have been some, they, they have been, and I know they want to stay on the cup in 2011. I'm with you on that. Like I get it, but they're, but they've been part of some just like really inexplainable efforts, in my opinion, in some really big games and under di- three different coaches. And I'm going to give three different game sevens that pop into my mind with each coach that I just was asking where they were. And the first one would be 2000. And, uh, well, actually, there's four. So there's 2012, the year after they won the cup and you, you lost to the Capitals in seven at home in the first round. And that was an upset right? You're the cup champions and and you kind of lost on a, you know, Joel Ward scored, but I think Tyler Sagan had the only goal of the game for you. And it was, he was like diving in the crease. And like, so you lost that one. You lost 2014 to Montreal at home. That was a dud of a game. Bruins just no showed. Um, that's all that's under Claude Julian, Bruce Cassidy, of course, 2019 people, people rewrite that game to sit there and say, Jordan Bennington just stood in his head and he's the only reason that the blues won that game. It's not true. Like the Bruins outplayed the blues in the first period, but they weren't, it wasn't, the ice was not as tilted as people remember it. And then the, the, the last 40 minutes of that game, the Bruins got completely outplayed and, and no showed game seven. And then of course with Jim Montgomery this year, you, they literally no showed the first 40 minutes of game seven. I know Krejci had a power play goal, but like it was, it was the, the garden was booing. That so, was some of the worst hockey I've seen. It was. And and so for me, the co- there, there's different examples of Game 7s in Boston where under Claude Julian, Bruce Cassidy, and Jim Montgomery, regardless of the coach, regardless of the surrounding rosters, some of the Bruins' key core players over the last decade plus just have failed to perform in those moments. And I know there's other ones where they have. I know. Game 7, all the Game 7s in 2011. Game 7 and 13 against Toronto. I, I'm, I Totally, I get it. Even that game against Toronto, they were down – like we all know they were down – that was even the first – 50 minutes of that game the Bruins sucked so but I'm just I guess I'm just like as as somebody who's watched this team like my whole life and I've cheered for them I've like watched almost every game and I love these players I think part of me it's I am mad at the players because time and time again like they have failed and and oftentimes not shown up in in these big moments and it's like how many times can you sit there and just let that happen and sit there and just lick your wounds before you learn and I know they won an 11 but 
and and now and now it could be all be for naught. And so it's part of their legacy. And I'm just really I'm beyond the coaches. Like there are constants with this team of of every time you've you've come up short in these games and really like not shown up. Like those like a couple of key plays have always been there. Yeah, I don't know. And, and 2018, 2019 against Toronto, two other wins. But Brian, I think you're you're getting towards something that I've started thinking about more. Only because I feel like I've heard this. I expected to hear this from talk radio shows and have, but just from like friends and fans, like people who are like legitimately really frustrated with the players and, or who are like cheering for Cassidy in Vegas, not just because they like Cassidy, but also like almost in to spite the Bruins because they're just like so annoyed by this whole situation of they got, you know, a good popular coach fired basically. And then choked in the first round. And it what's crossed my mind is like, is this actually going to like have an effect on some of these guys' legacies? Like if this, if Bergeron and Krejci do retire this off season, like the, the final lasting image of the end of their careers is that choke job in round one. And then the coach that they didn't like winning the Stanley cup like in his first year away from Boston. I mean, that's tough. Like obviously those guys are ultimately like in the big picture are always going to be loved and they're going to get their days when their numbers are retired and like they're, they'll be legends forever. I'm not saying it like ruins their legacy or anything like that, but I do think like this is kind of becoming part of it. Um, and especially the idea that they, left at least one, arguably two cups on the table. Um, you know, we don't know how this would have played out had they held on against Florida. You know, maybe they run into trouble in another round. Maybe they run into trouble now in the finals against Vegas. But uh, there does seem to be like, there's now been enough years of disappointment that, you know, 2011 gets further and further in the rearview mirror. And it's, a you know, a lot of disappointment and a lot of letdowns since then that I think don't totally overshadow that, but certainly factor into the equation and are, are part of it just like 2011 is part of it. 